Welcome to Noblesville First, and those who are watching online, welcome. We hope that you use, if you're watching via Facebook, uh, use that comment section to announce your presence so that others can connect with you. We also encourage you to grab a candle someplace and light it to represent the presence of God with you there, which is also with us here. Today we're focusing on generosity. We're glad to have Ryan Mills as our speaker. And if you need a pledge card, the ushers have them. Just raise your hand right now. Large, large if you'd like to have one. There we go. One here, two. Okay. Keep, keep them coming. This is like an auction. Very good. Yeah, be sure you have one. Because at the end of the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to bring one forward, if you wish. At this time, please go join with me in our call to worship as we ask God to be present with us and among us. God blesses us with gifts of love. God blesses us with talents and opportunities to serve. God protects us in times of danger. So we gather to offer thanksgiving to the Lord our God. Praise, Praise be to God for all good things now and always. Let us stand as we join together in singing. Come, ye thankful people, come.
Let us pray. Lord, please bring your spirit among us. Appreciate as you gathered us together that we are united as your people. But you bring something that we cannot offer of our own. Your spirit's always guiding us even when we're not aware. You guide our actions. You bring people into our lives. You offer the words when we need to hear them. That we celebrate today and trust that that will happen for us now. For those here and those at home. This we pray for your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. We're about to show a ministry highlight video that's actually going to be two videos put together. First, we'll hear from Allie Hall, our family ministries director. And then we're glad to announce we just found this out Thursday, so this is kind of hot off the press. We're going to be able to introduce our new student ministry director, David McKenzie. We'll hear from him. Children, and to 
really believe that students who use that lessons connected to Christ have a very unique and natural innate uh, capacity to see the kingdom of heaven at work around them. And we just look forward to serving the community of the church and finding out how we can be the best servants uh, for Christ inside of the community as we connect uh, the students and the youth to Jesus Christ. Uh, we are so thankful for this opportunity. We cannot wait to meet everyone in the church. I look forward to getting to know all of you uh, throughout the year to come. God bless. We go to the St. Barbara. Uh, <laughs> But we're excited that introduce we'll have David here December 1st and we look forward to the ministry that he will have. He's quite a go-getter. I think we're going to be very pleased to be a great fit for us. Uh, in a little bit, we're going to hear Brian Mills right after we see the scripture today. Uh, but I just want to say a word. I'm so grateful. Uh, Brian Mills uh, is someone who has been a blessing to this congregation for many, many years and uh, leads the Community Health Network. And I've had a lot of fun telling people that, oh, by the way, Brian Mills, who leads the Community Health Network, also uh, taught Sunday school you know, for many years. So it's such a uh, joy to have somebody who humbly serves God in every way possible, who brings such gifts to our community, uh, to our world, and to our congregation. Let's watch the scripture. Hi, we are Jill and Xavier. This week's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 35. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn to care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when you come back. We are thankful for the gift of Scripture. Hey, good morning.
by the George Strait song called I Saw God Today. And I'll talk about some of those lyrics later. But I Saw God Today. I asked, Jerry asked me a few weeks ago what scripture I wanted. And I asked him to put in the, the Good Samaritan scripture. Not because I'm a Good Samaritan, but I aspire to be. I aspire to be that person who is the Good Samaritan. And as he asked me to talk about generosity, all I could think about as I, as I prayed upon this was the fact that so many people have been so generous to me. Why? I don't understand why. And I want to talk to you about three parts, three parts of my life. One is professional, uh, one is personal, and one is my faith. And I can talk literally all afternoon with stories, but I just don't understand why so many people have helped me. Obviously, many of you I needed a lot of help, which I sure appreciate. But let me talk about professional. Okay, as Jerry said, I run a large healthcare and uh, most people would say, you know, uh, how long did it take you to do that? Why did you choose that? And the answer is, I never wanted anything to do with healthcare. Never in my life. I thought you avoided hospitals. You know, bad things happen in there. There's people in there that are sick. There's people in there that don't cut on you. All kinds of there's no interest in healthcare. So how did I get here? I'd say generosity. I went to work as an accountant out of college. Large firm that's now Ernst & Young, Ernst & Winnie back then. I did not want to work for a large firm, but they paid more money, considerably more than anybody else, and I was flat broke. <laughs> so I went to work for them. They had me do a couple things. One of the things is that you're going to a hospital. Okay, I went downtown Gary, Indiana, Grand Street Methodist Hospital Gary, and that was one of my first assignments. Literally, in a room, hear gunshot at night, I made a few unexpected new friends between my, my office and my car some evenings. <laughs> but at the same time, it was so cool to be in a place that was there to serve others. And so I said I wanted to work with hospitals, and I started touring around doing work with hospitals, uh, primarily in the state of India. And, and of course, I think I'm going to be a career person at, at Ernst. Two years later, my boss, who had, had, who had gotten me into this, gives me a call and said, hey, Bill's, I'm leaving. I'm like, uh-oh. Where are you going? He said, I'm going to work for a hospital. And he said, I want you to come along. And I said, well, where is it? What's the role? He said, I'm going to work for a community hospital. At the time, there was one, the one on the east side of Indiana. This was in early 1985, or late 84. And he said, I want you to come along. I said, what would I do? And he said, I need a financial guy for the new hospital they're building in the middle of nowhere called Community North. Okay? I'm 24 years old. And I said, I, I don't, I'm not qualified, Dad. And he said, you'll be fine. So I said, yes. Never interviewed. Frankly, didn't even know what they were paying me. I called him the day before, two days before, and I said, hey, where do I go? He said, I'll pick you up. I've never been to Community Drove down to community hospital. First thing he says to me is, hey, hey, uh, figure out how much cash we have, Mills. So I went to work trying to figure out what the cash was, and I came back and said, Ted, we got four hours. And he said, hey, blank, blank, you measure cash in days. 
And I said, well, if you had a day, I'd tell you. Um, we're bankrupt, and thanks for the job. <laughs> so that's, that's where it started. Okay? So, so this is 85. 24 years later, uh, I get a call from the chairman of the board of community hospital saying, hey, Mills, we didn't get your resume. My predecessor had announced his retirement. They were looking for a new CEO. Didn't get the resume. I said, well, that's, I can't answer that. I didn't send it. I'm not qualified. And he said, send a resume. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a waste of time. So I write a resume, which I literally have not, not written since I tried to get a job as an intern in college. And I sent it in, and they really ticked me off because they sent it back. And they said, you can do better than that. Now I'm really upset. Now I'm really wasting my time. So I clean it up. Next thing I know, they appoint me as the CEO of the community, and that was 13 years ago. So I've been with the organization 37 years. So you would think I would know more even when I took over than I did. But I've never operated anything. I don't have any experience to run a hospital. I've never run a clinic or anything along those lines. So I got that role, and I said, okay, what do I do? What is my role here? I can't touch anybody. I can't treat anybody. I can't really help anybody. What do I do? I have a responsibility to lead approximately 16,000 employees each and every day. And so what it came up with is that I had to establish a culture, a culture based upon two things that we still have today. Number one, no matter what, what you're doing, patients are first. Whatever they need, that's patients first. And number two, please treat every single person you meet like they're your family and how you and your family will be treated. And if you do those things, we have a chance. The second thing, I said, okay, what do I do? You know, I really don't, don't know. I mean, a lot of people still want to think as a finance guy. I'm not, I haven't been in a long time. But what do I do? And the idea I came up with was the same one I have today, is that I believe that healthcare is so complicated, so difficult to get in, so difficult to coordinate, that I need to be kind of an ambassador. So I give out my direct phone number, my direct email to anybody in here, and they call and they write. I had one uh, message this morning that I got to take care of sometime this afternoon about somebody trying to connect. But what it is, it allows me to see our system. It allows me to understand what's going on. And the other thing that I do almost every day is I visit patients in our facilities. And I sincerely want to go see them. That gives me a reason to be in there and to get to know other people on the floors, on the units, in the parking garages, in the, in the cafeteria, housekeepers, whomever. But all of a sudden, I'm just Brian. Just another person here to help with a job and to break down barriers for other people's jobs. So when it's all, all said and done, here I am in a role. I'm inspired by the people in that role. But it's got to be something related to the Lord. There's no other rational reason. I also like to personally get involved in all kinds of, of projects to help. You know, and do things, a lot of things with the United Way or our own foundation or community service projects or working in food pantries and all kinds of things to say a way to give back. It's very, very important to me. One of the ones that's most dear to my heart, though, are boys and girls clubs. And boys and girls clubs are dear to me for several reasons. One, I'm a club kid. I was a member of four boys and girls clubs growing up. 
Maysville, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, Parkersburg, West Virginia, and Noblesville, New York. These are good places. It's where people are there to provide guidance to people who need guidance. All of us. Every one of us. And wonderful organizations. And I got, I got asked years ago to lead a fundraising campaign at the club here in Noblesville. And um, I didn't, I didn't, had never really done anything like that before. And I did a little research and found out that Irv Heath, longtime member of this congregation, uh, had, had been a part of the first fundraising. Uh, the fundraising to start the Boys and Girls Club here. So I went to Irv, and we had several meetings. And Irv was just wonderful, and we became great friends through that, until him, even until his passing. I mean, it was just fabulous what, what resulted from but he said, here's what you do, Brian. You gotta find a group of people that have a common goal. And if this is your common goal, make sure that everybody has responsibility and you meet every, pick a day a week and you meet that day every week till your project's done. And it worked. We had a lot of people who said that we couldn't raise these dollars and we raised these dollars. It wasn't a couple of years later, got a call from the Indianapolis Boys and Girls Club and they wanted to start a new, a new pro, a new club, and they called it. They called. They said, "Yeah, I'll do it. This is kind of how I go about it." It's a whole new place, and next thing you know, there's another new boys and girls club in Indianapolis. That's not me. That's me understanding what other people have taught me, and have been so generous with their time and their talent. And the third one is faith. There's been four pastors in this church that have given me my faith. And I'm so appreciative of that. Bill Belmont, many of you probably remember Bill. So I didn't know Bill that well, but I'm walking through one time and he grabs me and said, hey, I need a finance chairman. Uh, that's going to be you. <laughs> I, never, I have never sat on the finance committee. I have never done anything related to it. I'm like, oh, really? So we have a conversation, and I'd agree to do it. I walk in our meeting, and I got this job, and, we're gonna, and first things put the budget together. And I went back to Bill later. I said, Bill, we got a problem. I mean, we, this thing doesn't balance. He said, we don't have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> and I said, what's my problem? And he said, you like faith. And he was right. Like faith. Everything worked out. Because we, we gathered people to come together for what we were supposed to do. Jack Wolf. And Jack says, hey, I need to talk to you. And he said, I need a Sunday school teacher. And I said, okay, how can I help? He said, well, you're in. <laughs> and I said, okay, like, like when? Like Sunday. Like this coming Sunday? Yes, Sunday. So I'm a Sunday school teacher. One of the best blessings anybody has ever given me. The idea of having the opportunity to work with children ages I had 10 to 12 and be able to do something to, to give them encouragement, to give them faith, to give them core, but they gave me more. They gave me a purpose, and a purpose to try to study and come up with ways that would actually get them to engage. We played stupid games, other things we made up, and I bribed them with, uh, with uh, treats every week. <laughs> it worked. To warn others, 
seminary. I finally got the courage to do a Bible study class. Well, kind of. I asked Kathy to do it with me. So I need somebody to hold my hand. And we're going we're gonna to start Christian Believers. And it happens coincidentally, I would say, but I don't believe in coincidences in any of this conversation. But it ended up happening on 9-11. It was going to be our first class. And so at the same time we're going through with other couples, in this class, Warren's given, given me a, a history and an understanding of what's going on in this man. He had all this experience from where he had been. And he brought the Lord, he, he brought this to, to life. Coincidence? No. But again, the faith just grows with that. And then Jerry. And Jerry says a couple years ago, hey, I want you to I want you to share your faith journey. And I said, okay. And I did. And then he calls and says, hey, I want you to, to, to talk about generosity. Well, what do you have in mind? Whatever you want. Well, I'm trying to get some pointers. Just do whatever you want to do. And so this whole thing is, to me, talking about how generous other people are and have always been for some reason. And we get a lot of headlines. All the negative things happen, you know, bullet. There is so much faith. God is present in so many places. So I'm going to end where I started with my favorite song called I Saw God. And when this song comes on the radio, life stops. Mm. Because these words mean so much to me, and I just want to share that with you. It's called I Saw God. And a few of the lyrics, I won't read them all, are just walked down the street to the coffee shop, had to take a break, a break. I've been by her side for 18 hours straight. Saw a flower growing in the middle of the sidewalk, pushing up through the concrete like it was planted right there for me to see. The flashing lights, the honking horns all seemed to fade away. In the shadow of that, of that hospital at 5.08, I saw God today. I've been to church, I've read the book, I know he's here, but I don't look. Near as often as I should, yeah, I know I shouldn't. His fingerprints are everywhere. I just look down and stop and stare, open my eyes, and then I swear I saw God today. I've been to church. I've read the book. I know he's here, but I don't look near as often as I should. Yell, I know I should. His fingerprints are everywhere. I just look down and stop and stare, open my eyes, and then I swear I saw God today. Got my face pressed up against the nursery glass. She's sleeping like a rock. My name on her wrist. Wearing tiny pink socks, she's got my nose. She's got her mama's eye. My brand new baby girl. She's a miracle. I saw God today. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. If you'd help us to bring your attention. First of all, thanks, baskets, and blessings. Happy Friday night, and understanding it very well. There are some leftover items, baskets and bags, uh, down at Wesley Hall, so you're invited after the service to head down that direction and see if there's anything you might be interested in. There'll be somebody there to help you out. Also, uh, this coming Wednesday, Duke Energy is gonna be replacing the transformer that feeds electricity to our church. So our church will be closed down. The offices will be closed on this Wednesday. So you have 
any business, be sure to do it Monday or Tuesday. And as you saw from the video that's shared by Allie Paul, a respite night is coming up Saturday, December 11th. She shared we already have at least 10 kids that have registered. We believe it'll be uh, maybe double that. So we need lots of volunteers. We'd love to go one-to-one -one with, with that special needs ministry. So there'll be a training session on Tuesday, November 30th from 6.30 to 8. If you can't make that session, it will be recorded so you can watch it later and get what you need to be helpful for that December 11th. So please use the connection card to sign up for that. Also, next Sunday is Hanging the Greens. We're going to be decorating Christmas decorations for the worship spaces from 4 to 6. We've got a light meal planned. So we hope that you'll come. We'll be sharing some of the meaning of the Christmas, uh, the historic symbols of the Christian faith. So please uh, come to that, bring the whole family, 4 to 6 next Sunday. Also on December 1st, the UW Rebecca Circles offering the Christmas tea will be held in Celebration Hall. Bring items for newborns for the Layout Project. And our Christmas Festival of Music and Art will be on December 12th, which is three weeks away in the evening. And it's an art show too, so you can come before or after the concert. We will be taking a offering for Janus Developmental Services. It's a great partnership we've been a part of for several years now. Uh, so please come and uh, bring your friends for that wonderful concert with the choir and our and the orchestra. Uh, please use the next steps. If you're watching online, this is a great way for you to get what you need to find the online connection card place that you can see uh, ways to connect with our congregation. And if you happen to be new today, please reach out, whether online or in person, uh, to Pam Kaplinger, our hospitality coordinator. You can email her at pkaplinger at noblesandfirst.com. Uh, invite you to pull out your connection card. There's a place to share your attendance, name, best method of contact. On the back, there's a place for prayer requests and also for the items we've been talking about today. As I said, we're seeking caregivers for December 11th. Rest of the night, and also looking for readers for our Advent season as we light the Advent wreath. So please respond as God said to you. Let's pray as we ask for God's blessings upon the tithes and the offerings that we bring to the work of God's kingdom here in Elvisville. Lord, we thank you for the privilege, the honor of sharing in this great work. You use us as your hands and your feet. Help us to respond. And be looking for the places that you are always in our lives, the people that we can bless, that we see every day. Help us have that mindset. Please take what we offer today, multiply it, and focus it. This we ask through Christ, who is our Lord.
celebrate today as we talk about the importance of your giving to make ministry possible. I was amazed during our COVID experience how God was able to still work. And we had people join the church even when we were not physically meeting in worship. We ended up taking our vows by a Zoom call as we talked about what it meant to be involved in the congregation to serve the kingdom of God. And people still came, making this become part of our church family. And that continues to happen. Now calling out people for another starting point session, taking in uh, new people again in a few weeks. But I just want you to think about that. Your giving makes all that possible because it takes the tech people to make it possible to put together uh, the worship experiences that we put out there. It, it takes the, the family ministry team that provides the program that causes families to want to come and be a part of our congregation. It involves uh, the pastors who continue to communicate the word of God to people in our time. So thank you for your giving. It's part of the beginning. So our hospitality team, now led by Pam Cameron, uh, is about trying to make sure that whenever somebody comes, we make sure that they're welcome, that they're seen, and try to reach out to them and find out where they are in their spiritual journey and how can we be helpful to them. But then it goes on to our pastoral care team. continues to provide opportunities like Bible studies and uh, provide places to care like grief share, our communion on communion team. They just continue to reach out to people when they have surgeries so let them know that they are not. I'm Bonnie Zigrap with the pastoral care team here in Noblesville, First United Methodist Church in Noblesville, Indiana. And we wanted to make mention to you that we have a hospitality coordinator here that works at our church. Her name is Pam Kaplinger, and she's a great first point of contact for you when it comes to learning a little bit about how we get involved with the church, what do you have here at the church, and so forth. We offer so many different services in our pastoral care team, such as hospital visits, facility visits. Uh, we also offer uh, grief share, divorce care. Uh, we have a lot of different support groups that we work with throughout the community. Uh, and then we also offer a daily prayer program that we do live on Facebook. We do this all for the glory of God and for services to you, our church family here at Middlesbrough First. So thank you for all your giving that makes all this, the staffing possible to make this ministry take place and to continue to reach new people for Jesus Christ and the transformation. continue 
our music program. These folks have done tremendous, tremendous effort getting us even to bring it with the, uh, all of the virtual uh, sessions that we had for the services we had for months uh, to get us to do music and, and, and keep us uh, in that regard. Uh, our COVID task force, Jerry put together a COVID task force early on when we were closed down try to sort through the, all the information that's out there about COVID and how to safely reopen. The task force was comprised of many healthcare uh, workers from our church. Brian Mills was generous enough to give his time, even during all the activity that he had going on at the hospital, to help guide us back to where we are. Uh, volunteers. There's a number of volunteers that have stepped forward and have been tremendous here in the church. Also, a teeter. Teeter continues to operate really strongly. The last year in 2020, record number of food servings were given to the local community. This year, another record. Most of that's volunteer work that helps provide the support to make all that happen. The church staff, the pastors, all these people, I'm, just, I'm sure I've left someone out, but would you help me recognizing and thanking them?
Good morning. Good morning and welcome to you online as well. Welcome to Noblesville First. We'd like to share some prayer concerns with you today. For our family, friends, strangers, and neighbors who don't have enough food to eat this Thanksgiving week, may our concerns turn into action to help others however we can. We'd also like to extend sympathy and a note of condolence for Judy Bailey Skull on the passing of her husband, Dick Skull, former members of Noblesville First, who are still known by many in our community. We'd also like to celebrate joys in the birth of my new great-grandson in Nashville, Tennessee. Jude Michael Garcia was born on Friday at exactly seven pounds and has lots of strawberry blonde hair. <laughs> Praise God for new birth. And we'd also like to remember that you can share your prayer concerns using the website link or your prayer requests on the Noblesville First app, where the prayer request form is also found, and contact your pastoral care team for any upcoming surgeries or pastoral care needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com, at the 24-7 care line also at 317-773-2590. At this time, I would ask that you also join me in a call to prayer, which is found either in the little bulletin that you received or on the screen above my head. God of all creation, in this season of Thanksgiving, we are struck by the beauties of autumn. Leaves in bright colors, birds flying south in formation, fields bright with produce. Such beauty speaks of your goodness, yet we confess we do not always see your blessings. Forgive our fears and our failure to be grateful for how much goodness is already ours. For all your good gifts, we honor you with thanks and praise, now and always. Amen. Now we'll have a moment of silent prayer followed by a pastoral prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Please pray with me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, we are to give thanks to you in all circumstances, for you are a giving and loving God. But there are days, sweet Jesus, that some of us find pretty difficult to give thanks to you for anything, even for sunshine when it comes. We turn to dark thinking, blaming you, God, that somehow you've forgotten us in our grief, in our illness, in our tears, or in our loneliness. Forgive me too, Father. You have given us life everlasting, and I brought you an empty gift bag. You have given us the forgiveness of sins, and all I brought were shiny ribbons. You have given us your joy and peace, and I brought two wagon loads of stuffed animals. Well, Father, I do know this, that these animals 
after singing and praying and learning about you today, Jesus, will leave this church to do their ministry, to be placed in the arms of someone who needs comfort, someone who needs a healing touch and a smile on their face when they need it most. And you will make that happen, Lord, for that is your glory, God, bridging the gap between our empty and hurting souls and filling us with your divine, tender, and spiritual love. Thank you, Jesus, for touching us this way, the way of the heart. I pray, Father, if anyone here today knows someone that needs a bit of cheer and a prayer buddy, that they take one of the animals with them, even if it's for themselves. There is no judgment here today, God, only thankfulness and giving comfort. Besides, all animals left behind will be taken to other forever homes in the community, too. There is no shortage of need for your love, God. We love you and also thank you for giving us the prayer you taught us long ago. Our Father, Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
Just want to remind you that during the closing hymn, you're invited to bring forward your pledge cards if you wish. And if you just want to think and pray about it more, you can also use the online form through our website. You'll find the Seeds of Hope graphic link to take you there. Let us stand as we sing our closing hymn, What Gift Can We Bring?